Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney, and I am flying solo for this episode 19 because we're reviewing Rent-A-Girlfriend. As always, there will be spoilers throughout this episode, so you've been warned. This is another anime. As with the last episode, we talked about Oregairu that Carl does not watch. This is an anime that I also really think that Carl should watch and have strongly recommended it to him. Um, He hasn't jumped on the bandwagon just yet, but I'll keep trying. I'll get him to join because this anime is ridiculous in the best of ways. I'm so excited to talk about this show because I stumbled upon it, I guess. I, I saw some posts about it on on some subreddits and on my anime list, and I was like, meh, that show doesn't really seem interesting to me. Rent-A-Girlfriend? The hell is that? The plot? Meh, sounds pretty typical. But then I got really curious. The only reason I took the plunge and decided to start watching the show was really simply because of the aesthetic and the art style. And I was like, okay, this seems interesting. I'm not really captivated by the title. Doesn't sound like something I would really get into. And and the plot sounded pretty typical harem style anime. But I said, fuck it, I'm gonna watch it because I think it's drawn very beautifully and why not? I needed another anime to watch this season anyway. But let me tell you, I really didn't expect to like it and yet, I'm sold. I'm on the Rent-A-Girlfriend train and I am not getting off. By episode one, like literally by by the end of that first episode, I was like, oh my god, I love it. I love this show already. What have I found here? This is like, I I found gold, like just pure gold. I mean, I was thinking this was going to be a dumpster fire on the level of domestic girlfriend. And while it does have some dumpster fire elements to it, I am so thankful that I was wrong in in my my first impression, my never judge a book by its cover type of impression. So first off, and really one of the first things that hooked me and I was kind of like, oh shit, this seems really good, was the OP. The OP was fantastic, is fantastic. The song itself is not over the top or too much. The song is just great. It's such a a chill song. It's one that I put on my Spotify playlist immediately. Um, because it wasn't, you know, your, your, your standard, like, bubblegum pop type of anime opening. I don't know what the hell you call it. The visuals are also amazing in this OP. I mean, everything is animated to the point where it is just so smooth and fluid and, and fun. Um, I, I thought it was really pleasing to watch. And similar to the song itself, the OP wasn't really over the top. It wasn't like in your face, flashy. It really didn't give away a lot of what the anime was about, which is typical for a lot of anime openings. They basically give you the entire plot and all the spoilers in the 30 second or one minute or one minute, 30 second opening, whatever it is. Um, But truthfully, it was a great OP and I'm going to be a full on weeb and learn the dance from the OP. I guarantee it. By the next con that I go to, I'm going to have that shit down pat. So whenever I hear the opening somewhere or see a, you know, a cosplayer wearing one of the character's outfits, I can jump right in and be a rent-a-girlfriend weeb. On the flip side, the ending is okay. Um, it is more of that bubblegum pop, J-pop, I don't know what you call it. It's, it's that very um, lively, hyper weeb ending 
that is more common to anime that I don't really gravitate towards. I don't mind the song, but it's definitely not something that I would put on my, my Spotify playlist. It's a bit much for me. Um, and the visuals, I mean, they're okay. It's just them as cheerleaders and then some images or flash, and then that's that's kind of it. I thought that the OP, by and large, was was the better of the two. And the music in general on this show is just really, really good. I feel like they really catered to this generation of viewer, this this type of, of viewer, at least that, that I identify with, where I, the, the music is often 8-bit style for certain types of scenes. And I thought that was such a cool element that wasn't, I mean, it didn't directly tie into the show. I mean, Kazuya is not like a, a gamer or anything. Um, it doesn't have those gaming elements, but that 8-bit style music was so pleasing and while it was different for what was going on in the show, it fit very, very well. And also, I mean, my God, there's even classical music that's, I guess, anime or 8-bit style as well. And, and that's super unexpected. So I think those two elements of 8-bit style music and also bringing in classical music into this show where, you know, the main character is jacking off and, and thinking about having sex with every girl he sees is a very refreshing and unexpected blend. And I think they did it very, very well. As I mentioned earlier, the animation style is what first drew me to this show, and it delivered every single episode, every single scene, every single frame. I mean, again, the OP itself is animated so well, and they they carried that through the show. Sure, the animation may not be as fluid as what we see in the OP, but just the way everything is drawn... I mean, they really spared no expense with this show. From the animation, the music, the opening, the ending, even the writing, the voice actors, this show in general just hits different. And I really enjoy looking at the characters. I mean, plot and, you know, storytelling and everything. I mean, just everything plays a big part in a show, but when there's a show that has a fantastic plot, a fantastic cast of voice actors, great music, and has incredible animation, like just a team who really knocked it out of the park every single episode, and you don't get those dips or drops in animation quality at certain scenes or certain episodes that just pull you out of the show and you're like, oh, what the fuck is that? I really, really appreciate that. I appreciate it so much. And I mean, even just the character's eyes, like when you look at the girl's eyes, the, the blend of colors and the detail in their eyes is insane. Absolutely insane. Whether it's an up close shot or a far away shot, again, it's just, it is beautifully drawn, beautifully drawn all the time. And the characters look consistent. Um, and, and just even the I guess the, the background images also have beautiful color schemes to them and sometimes have interesting textures kind of overlaid in the corners. And I just love all those little elements. I think it brought everything together. I mean, this show was, if, if anything, just so aesthetically pleasing to watch episode after episode. One of the big things I want to talk about is the humor in this show. But before I do that, let me preface this by saying I am obsessed with the fact that this show is set in college. It would probably be really weird as an American viewer if with this type of humor it wasn't set in college, or at least that they were above the age of 18. But it is incredibly refreshing to have an anime of this caliber, a harem anime that is actually about, I guess, young adults, but albeit adults, versus high school students and, and yada yada, and you being uncomfortable as a viewer because you're like, is this illegal? Am I going to get hit by the FBI? I don't fucking know. 
But me being a young adult viewer, it, it's so nice to be able to identify with the characters in the show who are going through college and have jobs and need to balance all of their life responsibilities and all the craziness that's going on in, in this part of their lives to trying to establish themselves. Um, and then just the the exploration of, of sex and the humor that comes with that. I, I think that it's just so nice to watch that. Um, I feel like every harem that I've watched lately has all been set in high school and while conceptually you can you can relate to what the characters are kind of going through I can't fully be invested sometimes because I'm like high school is great it's an important part of your life but it's not that fucking serious like when you look back on it after you get into college and, and graduate college and all that I'm like, man, high school was not that important. It was it was a great part of my life, but it was not that important. So it's sometimes hard to really be immersed in a, a, a slice of life or harem anime where they're they're young and, and they act like, you know, the fucking Bunkasai cultural festival or whatever is, is going to be the end of the world if it doesn't go off without a hitch or whatever. I don't know. A lot of that is just really hard to identify being the type of viewer and the age group that I am. So I related to this show way more than I expected to. And again, I keep saying it, it was so refreshing. So right out of the gate, a lot of it is very obviously adult humor. And that's a very tricky area to navigate um, because it's very easy to go over the top or to come off creepy or make the viewer feel uncomfortable in a bad way. And while a lot of the jokes and a lot of the scenes did make me feel uncomfortable, it was not in the bad way. It was like the cringe that happens where you're like, oh my God, it's so funny, but it's like really bad, you know, kind of at the at the surface. But when you really think about it, it's like, no, this is pretty funny. I get it. Like the adult humor isn't over the top. It's used very well to play out the comedic moments. And I feel like every joke, every moment hit spot on and, and, and landed very well. It also never takes the harem or love concept too seriously. So coupling that with the fact that it has adult humor, I mean, you get scenes like Kazuya jerking off when he realizes that he has true feelings for Chizuru. I mean, of all the ways, can we just take a moment to talk about this scene? (laughs) Of all the ways for a harem main character to realize their true feelings, it is such a weird and unique way to tackle that and I can't believe they went there like I was dying inside watching that scene I was like first of all I'm watching Kazuya like basically jack off like indirectly and I'm watching him trying to fantasize about Mami-chan as Chizuru just kind of pops into his brain unexpectedly and he's trying to force those feelings out so that he can finish (laughs) And I'm already, like, uncomfortable even just describing the scene. But, I mean, again, that was one of those moments where it was super uncomfortable, but in a funny and, and I don't know, just lighthearted way where I was like, I'm really uncomfortable, but I don't feel like I need to stop watching. I mean, not that I want to watch him jerking off, per se, but... I didn't feel like I had to like skip ahead or just, I wasn't turned off by that. I was like, okay, this is super strange, but it's, it's really driving that point home that he has true feelings for Chizuru and not for mommy. And and he is trying his best to cope with that situation, given what he's doing right now. Um, So yeah, I I can't even like, oh my gosh, I, I trying to process that scene, trying to explain that to Carl was just like, 
I, I don't even know. It was, it was so cringy, so funny, so like, what the fuck, jaw dropping. I, I, I can't even get through this right now. Just, just talking about what I watched on, on screen. So that really shows that they're not afraid to push the boundaries with, with humor and, and sex and, and again, just do it in a, a great way. I, I, as you can tell, I'm not into like etchy anime or anything like that. I'll watch some stuff if the plot's really good. Like I loved High School of the Dead, but I was not into, you know, someone shooting a sniper rifle between two tits and then the, the bullet glide right in between them and just all the physics bending and all that stuff for the sake of the etchy. Um, but yeah, the, this show just, they don't turn me off with, with their humor. It's relatable. It's done in a unique and unexpected way. And I'm okay with it. Like that was one of the big things that, that made me hesitant to watch the shows because I didn't think I'd like it with this type of adult humor, but no, it's, it's, they're not relying basically on the adult humor to make the show. The, The adult humor is there as a way to enhance the show and to just make it really, really funny. The concept and plot in and of itself too is is um is I think both refreshing but predictable. So it's refreshing in that I I'm sure there are other anime out there that have maybe like a a rent a girlfriend or a a fake or faux relationship type of um, plot, but it was unique to me anyway. I haven't really heard of um, of other anime that that kind of take on that concept. So I thought that'd be you know interesting to see how someone you know, tries to hide a fake relationship while trying to find true love. Um, But the plot does sometimes, it does become a bit predictable. I mean, Kazuya and Chizuru going to the same college and then being next door neighbors and then, you know, running into friends and to to ex-girlfriends and and just, you know, being in all these silly situations and them trying to end the renting relationship. But then, you know, unexpected things forcing them to continue the 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 whole you know charade that they've got going on um i feel like all of that is is yeah it's it's pretty predictable but the way the the comedy hits and and everything it just makes those predictable plot devices far less bothersome and and gives them a, a refreshing take a refreshing element um, so I guess I'm, I'm okay with them knowing that they're taking a, a very typical, very predictable scenario, but giving us a new spin on it. So now let's get into the characters in this show. First off is Kazuya. I mean, Kazuya is dumb as fuck, but has a good heart and really good intentions. He's your typical naive main character with a heart of gold, but he's interesting to watch because you want just something to go right for him, knowing that he only means well with everything that he does. I mean, his best friend even says the same thing that he's, life doesn't always go well for Kazuya. In fact, most of the time it doesn't go well for, for Kazuya, but no matter the situation he's thrown into, he always manages to maintain a, a positive outlook and always tries to do the right thing. Um, or do right by the people he cares about. And that's a very noble thing. It's a very, um, you know, honorable way to be. So when someone is that way and fate just continues to deal them, you know, shitty cards, you really do want to root for them. You want them to, to just win. You want them to have what it is that they're looking for. So yeah, I really can't help but root for Kazuya all the time. Sometimes I'm like, I want to shake the TV. Like, dude, why did you do that? Like, 
why would you stalk someone and then just make yourself known when you really want to be with them? Because that's not going to come off super fucking creepy. But he does those things because he cares and he doesn't want that person or in the situation Chizuru to end up being hurt. And and because he has those those really nice intentions and he, he really cares about other people, you're like, okay, fine. I guess we can forgive the fact that you're really stupid. <laughs> So that's really how they keep his naive characteristic from seeming, you know, stale or becoming exhausting. Um, when, when it's a naive character that really has nothing else to offer other than just being really nice and naive, it's like, I don't know, it's just, it's really boring. Like, I think about, um, spoilers, I guess, for Tower of God, I think about Bam in that situation. Like, Bam is really nice and really naive and really, really boring. Like we all know that he's got this power, this like hidden power um, that he hasn't discovered or tapped into yet, but that's about it. And like, yeah, he's really, he cares a lot about um, Rachel in that show, but it's like, I don't know. It just, everything is just handed to him on a silver platter. Like everything just works out for him. Yeah. He's got to put in some effort, but it's like, obviously this is going straight to you ascending the tower and having everything be all hunky-dory. I don't know. It just, there's not enough of, like, the trials and tribulations for, for Bam to be an interesting main character. But with Kazuya, he's constantly, again, dealt these shitty cards. Um, and no matter what the outcome is, good or bad, because he has plenty of bad outcomes. Like, most of the time, they are bad outcomes. They're not, you know, things aren't handed to him on that silver platter. Um, he always finds a way to um, to jump over the, over those hurdles while still making sure the other party or other parties that are involved um, end up with the best outcome possible. Even if, even if it's like self-sacrificial, he'll still make sure that the other party, I guess, is um, has the upper hand, has that advantage, has that good outcome. So that's why I'm like, okay, he has every potential to be a boring main character, but I don't know. I just, I really want him to win. Like he's just such a sweet character and, and he's trying his damn best. And I think we can all relate to just having really shitty situations where we, we really can't control it or, or make it any better, but you just got to suck it up and, and smile and make the best of it. And he's really good at doing that. So then there's mommy, mommy Chan. Um, this bitch is crazy. And I mean like full on crazy. Like they, they, they had us in the first, you know, first half, not even the first like episode or two where they're like, oh, she's really sweet. And she just maybe wasn't into Kazuya and, and dumped him. And then they're like, nah, she's really crazy. And she's toying with him and, and just being an all around bitch. And I love that. Like just lay it on thick, like make her interesting from the get go, because I don't know, like. If not, then she's just going to be the boring ex. And at the end, you're going to be like, oh, wait, she was crazy this whole time. Now I'm invested in her. Now I want to see more. Like, no, I just would rather be invested in a character from the get go. Like, I want to see how this plays out as much as possible. I mean, in episode 12, when they ended the season, it was her being a total psychopath. Like when they're in the karaoke booth or the karaoke room, uh, Mommy and Chizuru, and she asks her to sing a song or rather tells her to sing a song and then just walks up to her and like does that mic drop and they cut the music for a second. And she's like, sing me a song. I'm like, oh, this bitch is crazy. They make her eyes go like blank. 
and she just like stares at you with 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 like a deadness in her eyes. Oh my god, she is so crazy. But like they leave you wanting so much more. You want to know more about her. Like yeah, we know she's crazy. Yeah, we kind of get like what her her end goal is. I don't know if it's like to get Kazuya back, but something to obviously to do with him and and wanting her. But like it's not clear like what her real motivation is or what her overall plan is. Even when her and Chizuru are on that bridge talking and Chizuru's like, give him a genuine chance. Like, have you actually tried to reciprocate his feelings or, you know, give him the opportunity to say how he feels? And she's just like, mind your own business. She doesn't even give Chizuru any insight into what her plan is. So that's, that's the unknown here that really draws me to mommy and where I'm like, I hate her, but I want to see more of her. I need to know what the hell is going on with her. Like, what is she, what is she trying to accomplish? Is she going to hurt Kazuya? Like, I'm scared she's going to, like, commit homicide or something. This bitch is nuts. Then we have Ruka. Um, Ruka-chan is, uh, or they started off being annoying as fuck. She was just really rude, really self-centered, um, and, like, ruined a lot of situations for Kazuya, and I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna be the annoying bitch that I don't want to watch, but I have to watch, and, like, I don't care about her. There's always that one character they are just like, I don't give a fuck about, like, whatever. Like, in Oregairu, I mean, again, spoilers here for, for Oregairu. I, I enjoyed Iroha's character, but she was definitely the character that I was like, I don't give a shit about. Like, if, if they wrote her out, I would not care. I don't care. Um, she's great to watch when she's on screen, but she offers to me, like, not very much to, to the plot. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would debate me on that, but if I had to pick one in Oregairu, Iroha would be the I don't give a fuck character. And in this show, Rent-A-Girlfriend, Ruka started off that way, like hardcore. I was like, I don't care about her. She's just here to make things messy. And I don't like that. I don't need a character to just basically be a plot device to add another layer of complication. I don't want that. Like, I don't want things to be complicated for the sake of being complicated. Like, I want real drama, real interesting drama, like what mommy offers that that psychopathic nature that she has and and you don't know what's going on but she's not like in your face trying to ruin things she's like subtly trying to ruin things but with Ruka yeah she just came on too hard for me in the beginning and it's also weird that she's um also Yui's voice from Oregairu who was also rejected spoilers for that show again um so that kind of threw me off because I literally went in in the middle of watching Oregairu I I picked up Rented Girlfriend so I was like oh man it's gonna be really weird to watch but I got over it eventually but with Ruka, as the show goes on, especially towards the end, and, and in particular the last episode, episode 12, I, I realized that Ruka might be a decent character after all, especially now that she's acknowledged that she can't force Kazuya to be with her, but that she can try to get him to fall in love with her. Those are two very different things and two very different approaches, and, and I very much prefer the latter approach because it's her not being a little brat. It's her giving her genuine effort to have somebody fall in love with her that she has feelings for. And it's relatable. Um, and I, I think that Kazuya has good intentions wanting to give Ruka a chance, uh, especially because he's not convinced that Chizuru has feelings for him. And he's you know trying to accept that he needs to move on and, and find a girlfriend. But at the end of the day, first of all, he's just going to end up hurting her, hurting her feelings real bad. I mean, he's going to bulldoze right over her feelings. It's it's coming at some point in the show. I just know it. And I'm going to brace for impact. But then also, that's not how you set up 
a long-term, genuine, like, true relationship. You don't, like, date somebody because you want a girlfriend even though you don't have true feelings for them. You fall in love with them and then want to date them because you do have true feelings for them. I don't know, like, it's obviously a recipe for disaster and I don't think it's endgame, but, you know, at, at least they're both trying to do things in a nice and... I guess, respectful way to a certain degree. I'm also interested to learn more about her medical condition. I know they kind of dropped hints about that in one of the endings. Um, Clearly, it's a huge driver for her character and and for her overall story. So yeah, I am very, very much interested in learning more. I hope that that little, I guess, those little hints that we got in in the ending aren't all that they're going to you know, explore with this medical condition. I think it's probably super important to her character, and I I hope that they flush that out a lot more as we learn more about her and as her character develops. Then there's Sumi. Sumi's cool. Like, I like her. I know we only got, like, one, maybe one and a half episodes of screen time for her. Um, I mean, we barely got to see her, but so far she, she seems genuine and, um, Again, she's another predictable character, but I feel like she's also unique. Like, she's a very, 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 very shy character. Um, but that's, that's like her whole deal. That That's, that's what they're playing off of with, with Sumi. And she's in, she's unique in this shyness and her dandereness that, um, it's an extreme shyness that she's actually trying to overcome. So you've got your, your dandereys, I think that's what they're called, who are like the silent types, the shy types, um, in, in harem or, you know, in love anime. And they just are that way. And, and, you know, the, the, the main character works to kind of make a stronger connection with them or whatever it is. But in this show, it's it's the driving force behind her character. It's something that she, again, is actively trying to overcome and, and reaches out to Chizuru and to Kazuya for help with this. So that was that was unique. I, I liked that spin on her. I think um, it makes her more than just, you know, the shy little squirrely character who's just really cute and that's all they are. It's just something cute to look at and to listen to. Um, I feel like what I'd like to see with her is... is tons of like character development where she really breaks out of that shyness. I mean, she'll always hopefully retain that shyness because that's what makes her, you know, Sumi. But I would like to see those, those moments where the effort and the help that Kazuya is lending to her and even Chizuru actually is working with her and that she does, you know, become more of a respected girlfriend in the renting a girlfriend community or whatever you call it. So yeah, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing how her character develops and also just learning more about her in general because, again, we, we barely got to see anything of her. And then that brings us to Chizuru, who in my book is best girl. She is endgame. She is waifu material all day long. I am rooting for Chizuru. I'm on the Chizuru hype train. She's very nice. She's very mature. She's very responsible and respectable as a character. Um, and that's awesome. I mean, she she really does, to Kazuya's point that he drives multiple times in the show, she really is perfect. I mean, I'm, she's not totally perfect. Everyone's got their flaws, and I'm sure we'll learn her flaws as time goes on. But she's just, like, a solid character. I mean, harem anime aside, like, she is a solid character. She's 
very reasonable in her thought process. She's kind and genuine. She actually does care about everybody. She takes her job seriously. Like, she even tells Kazuya to make sure that he gives her legitimate and fair reviews. Most of the time, you'd hear the character probably say, you know, you you wasted my time, or you booked this date just to yell at me, or whatever. You better give me a good review, at least. But even in those moments where Kazuya is basically, like, I don't know, I wouldn't say being unfair to her, but putting her in these weird situations, um, she still says, you know, pay me money so that it's a legitimate um, rent, whatever, I don't know, so you're you're legitimately renting me, and then give me a fair review about how you actually truthfully thought that I I did on this, um, on this date, and that's super respectable, and even with, um, her, I guess, you know, trying to figure out how she feels about Kazuya, because, you know, it's obvious that she cares about Kazuya, and it's obvious that she is starting to, to develop feelings for him, but, you know, like a typical Sundere, she won't really admit it, at least not right now. But um, despite not knowing how she feels about him, especially in the beginning when she was like, I don't know who the fuck this is, she still wants the best for him. I mean, it's so easy for her to just pull the plug on everything and, and tell both of their grandmothers that they're not actually dating. I know that would probably hurt her grandmother because then she'll find out that she's a rent-a-girlfriend. But I think even though that's one of the, the motivating factors, I think part of it too is just making sure that Kazuya is set up for success. She doesn't owe him anything. She doesn't need to do any of it. I mean, he is literally just a client who paid to date her a couple of times but she takes it upon herself to really care about him. She does try to keep her distance, saying, don't talk to me unless called upon or whatever, um, especially when she finds out that they're next-door neighbors. But she she has this, I don't know, like just this authenticity that when it comes to both Kazuya and just in her, her life in general, you know, having these dreams to become an actress and taking her job seriously and wanting to do well in college and kind of maintain her, um, you know, her, her identity outside, you know, in, in, at work separate than, than her identity in college. She's just really a, an interesting character to watch. And I think that she could easily be very boring because she's got it all going for her, but there's something there. You can tell that they're hinting at something, a a certain flaw or, um, an experience that she's trying to, to grapple with that they haven't revealed to us yet. And I think that's that they, they barely even kind of hint at it, but it's there. It's like, you just, you get that intuition where you're like, something's up here. Like she's not that perfect. There's gotta be something that, that throws us for a loop about her. And I'm very excited to see what that is. The last thing I want to talk about is episode 12, the last episode of the season. There's just a couple of, of minor things I wanted to, to touch on. Um, and before I do that, um, when it came to episode 11 and the preview for episode 12, where they were basically breaking the fourth wall and asking for more support for the second season, I was like, this is kind of weird. I did not like it. I, I get what they were trying to do and I get the humor behind it, but it felt really grabby. It felt almost like a cash grab. Um, so I was kind of like, ew, what are they doing? Like that obviously pulled me way out of the show. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Like, ew, what's going on? Why are they telling me to, to give them more money so they can have a second season? That's, that's how it felt. I don't know. Maybe it didn't come off that way to everybody, but for me, I was like, I didn't need that. You didn't need to tell me all of that. Trust me, I'll support this show and I will be praying for a second season, which we got, thankfully confirmation of anyway. Um, but yeah, telling us that as an audience, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I was thinking about it felt a little bit tacky. But the episode itself was 
really good. I'm like, this is such a great season finale. I, I, I mean, that twist ending was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? First of all, they, they start with the ending in the beginning of the episode. I'm like, okay, shit's going down. Like, we already know this is going to be a wild ride episode because we were left with Chizuru discovering that mommy had booked that that date. But then they start off the episode with the ending. So I'm like, okay, this is this is like one of those telltale anime signs that something crazy is, is going to happen in this episode. My jaw dropped. My jaw dropped when at the end of this episode, I thought he, he being Kazuya, I thought he confessed um, but then he fucking went back on it. I'm like, dude, what a little bitch. I was like, come on. I, I get it. In true Kazuya fashion, he panicked and, and, you know, retracted his statement or, you know, kind of made it seem like it wasn't what it actually was. And I was like, oh my God, I, I was convinced they, they got me. I mean, I was like, this is a crazy way to end the season. I cannot wait for season two. It's going to hit the ground running because he just confessed his feelings out of nowhere to her. And then they played the opening as the ending. And I was like, okay, this is good. We're, we're here. We're almost at the end of the show. And then clearly I didn't see the timestamp because there was a bunch of shit that happened afterward. And so you see him say like, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't mean like I want you. I meant like, I want you as my rental girlfriend for, you know, kind of the, the time being or for the long haul or whatever. And then he goes back to his apartment and then him rolling on the floor in a literal ball. I could totally relate to that feeling. Like it's just one of those like cringe moments where you're like, why the hell did I do that? I hate myself. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did that. I'm so embarrassed. And you just want to curl up in a ball and just like disappear from the universe. And so when they, when they animated that and him just literally rolling all over the place, I'm like, I can totally feel what he's feeling right now. I get that. I understand that feeling. But then they left us with that. They left us with, I guess, some, like semi-confirmation or something, I guess, to Chizuru to help her kind of I don't know, start to realize that Kazuya is really genuine about wanting to be with her because she questions it. She's like, what the hell is that? Like, why did he say that? And she's reflecting on it. And I'm sure in her mind, she's thinking like, I think I have feelings for him too. I thought he was confessing, but I guess not. But it's it's a, it's a weird place to leave us in because it's like semi a cliffhanger, but it's not really a cliffhanger. I get it and I understand it. I would have definitely preferred the confession ending, but... They got us. They got me. And we'll have to, to watch more of the show before we reach that point. And that's that. That's season one of Rent a Girlfriend. And I'm very happy that we can even say concretely that it was season one versus the only season. Um, we got the announcement almost immediately after se- or episode 12 premiere that season two was confirmed. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Like 2020 has thrown a lot of shit at us and knowing that we don't have to wait an extended period of time or wait any time to know that more Rent-A-Girlfriend content is coming is like such a sigh of relief. I mean, as a huge JoJo fan, we are still waiting for confirmation on part six, Stone Ocean. And I like want to pull my hair out all the time. Like when are they going to tell us when Stone Ocean is going to happen? Each day that goes by makes me even more concerned that it's never going to happen, God forbid. But in this scenario, we didn't have to wait. Thank you so much, universe, that we we got this season two confirmation right away. I can't wait. I am so excited for season two. 
Um, I think there's so much left with these characters and this plot, you know, that we, we need to discover and then explore. And it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited to watch it and to talk about it and to see if the next season holds up to the the humor and, and the amazingness that was that is season one. As I said in the beginning, I did not expect to like this show. I was completely uninterested in the show other than the art style and the aesthetics. And I do not regret giving this show a chance. And I definitely recommend it to anybody who like me is pretty turned off with this type of show, this type of humor, because this is one of those gems where it's it's completely different than what you expect. And unless you give it a shot, you really wouldn't know that. I'm definitely looking forward to talking more about Rent-A-Girlfriend when season two premieres. And I hope that you've enjoyed hearing my, my ramblings and my appreciation for Rent-A-Girlfriend season one. And with that, before I wrap up, want to give a special thanks to Super Newt Ensemble for the jingle that you hear at the beginning and at the end of this podcast. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. The ending is okay. Um, that is more of that like really um, hyper bubblegum, bubblegum, bubblegum. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! This show, I swear, it's got my head spinning. <laughs>